too. I wanna visit Dogland and run with the power pups. You've got to, got to love their style and how they never ever ever give up. Who loves dogs? Who loves dogs? Rise to the challenge. No one here is average. We are the power pups. You know we never ever. Hello, friends, and thank you for tuning in for episode 10 of season one of the adventures of Power Dog in Dogland. We had a pretty exciting cliffhanger at the end of episode nine, so I'll bet you'd like it if I would just jump right back into the story, right? He shouted as ugly tears and snot burst from his eyes and nose. (sighs) He headed back to where he believed Tuffy and Fetcher would be, his heart racing in fear that they were hurt somehow. And then he realized that the entire bottom of the suit had deteriorated and sloughed completely off of his body. The shock that it must have melted scared him and he flew straight up in the air like a hot dog rocket. There he was, way up in the sky, with only half a suit on the upper half of his body and no lava catcher and no way to get any lava. And even worse, he couldn't see the dogmo speeder. Power Dog strained to use his super hearing, but all he heard was a volcano making its gurgling noises. He strained his eyes and hovered closer to the rim of the volcano, searching for his brother and cousin and just trying to not let the rising fear take over his mind and his whole body. He knew that fear could deaden powers. Just as he was about to drop into a dog puddle of despair, the chrome edge of the speeder flickered through the smoke. He flew as fast as he could, hoping as hard as he could that he would find Tuffy and Fetcher okay. And he did, kind of. What he saw when he flew into them was Fetcher holding Tuffy, who was unconscious. Fetcher looked up and yelled, Power Dog? What happened to you? What happened to Tuffy? Power Dog yelled back to his brother. I'm not sure, said Fetcher. He said he felt Taffy's energy all of a sudden. And then he said, big crystal cave. And then he fainted. This was like, I don't know how long ago, but it wasn't that long ago. Fetcher looked Power Dog up and down and behind him a little bit. Are you okay? Did you get into a fight with something? Where is the rest of your suit? And where's the lava catcher? Power Dog slumped into the speeder and said, Let's just go back to Meowie, Fetcher. I failed. Everyone's going to be so disappointed. Are you kidding me right now? asked Fetcher. 
Disappointed? Mom and Dad are going to be so mad at us for going rogue in the first place, they'll forget to be disappointed. We're going to have consequences for weeks. Power Dog tried to eke out a smile for Fetcher, but he didn't have it to give. His whole body ached and his heart did too. Fetcher strapped his brother in. Then he strapped in the still unconscious Tuffy. While Power Dog just stared off to the side, tears still streaming down his face. Fetcher tried to think of anything he could say or do as he drove the speeder back down the side of the volcano towards the sea, and he couldn't think of anything. Meanwhile, the creatures in the crystal cave were talking, and the floating taffy, who was starting to seriously wonder if she was gigantic now, was watching intently and starting to pick up words between the creatures. She heard a lot of words that all sounded like Abba, Jabba, Waba, blah, blah. But every few words, she would hear something she knew, like caring or together. At one point, she lunged towards them, but her body just kind of floated in place, and she wasn't able to get to them at all. The larger creatures were handing the cool torch orb thingies out to the smaller creatures, who were playing with them with their kind of arm-type appendages. One of the creatures just tucked their orb away into their own body, and then they started crying. There were no tears, but there were mournful sounds, and Taffy felt sadness emanating from the creature. It was at this moment that she realized, or felt fairly certain, that the crying one was the one they saw at the college and in the strange cave. She suddenly felt so much emotion wash over her. She felt so sad for the creature, who seemed little to her now. She marveled at how it was almost hard to remember how big the creature had seemed when she first encountered them. She was shocked by her own desire to reach out and even hug them. All of the creatures turned to the mournful one, and they moved in. Meanwhile, Fetcher was the first to see the boat as he drove the speeder around the corner, underneath the volcano and into the sea. Power Dog was staring off into the distance. Tuffy was still out cold, and his face was hanging down over the straps that held him into his seat. Fetcher could make out the outline of his mother standing on the bow of the small golden boat. He thought for a moment about turning the speeder around and running away so they wouldn't have to explain themselves. And he just didn't want to look her or his father in the eyes. Power Dog turned and saw them. But he also saw the heads bobbing in the water next to the boats and wondered out loud, Who is that in the water? Okay, normally I would say meanwhile again. But we're going to back up a little bit and actually talk about something very important that you need to know about. It happened before Power Dog Fetcher and Tuffy went to the volcano. It happened right as they were leaving the harbor at Miaui. The meeting in the Hall of the Order of the Phoenix was starting to break up into smaller groups of scientists, all working furiously when Dog Wings and Mom Slice rested their heads on one another. Dog Wings said, I think it's time for us to alternate taking rests now. 
Mom Slice nodded and said, Yes, I can go meditate to rebuild my energy. Will you come find me in the back garden behind the hall if any conclusions or discoveries are made? Of course, Dogwings nodded. I'd love to try to go get an update from the Seekers on where Taffy and TikTok might be. Do you remember if it usually takes them this long? Asked Dogwings. Mom Slice sighed. I'm afraid I don't remember. I don't think I was ever exposed to a Seeker investigation when I was here in my youth. It's weird, though. My memories are so foggy. Dogwings looked concerned. He had not known her to ever forget a thing. They hugged, and then Mom Slice began to make her way across the hall so that she could slip out the back and recharge with her special energy meditation. As she was about to slip out the door, she saw Dr. Lainard and Maxrow engaging in a heated argument, and she clearly heard Maxrow say, They will be discovered, and it will be all your fault. To Dr. Lainard, whose fur was bristled, they both saw Mom Sly see them, and they hushed immediately, then turned their heads away from her. She thought about approaching, but then decided against it. She was a mediator by nature, but she also knew that she didn't have the energy for any internal affairs or problems with the Fenix. If it were any other Fenix, she thought to herself, shuddering a bit as a few very dim memories of being alternately hazed and then shunned by Maxrow when they were all teenagers came trickling back to her. It felt very unsettling to not fully recall. Her memories of her entire life were clear and vivid, except for the exact time period of her studies on Meowie. She let out a small sigh and stepped out into the hazy sunshine of the back garden. There was a beautiful, massive banyan tree with a hollow in its center that created a bit of a natural shelter, and she found it soothing to crawl into it and settled in for some good meditation. She made a mental note to show it to her kids later. They would love it. They loved caves and hidey holes and places that felt as magical as this one. Once inside, it did feel as if the banyan's vines and branches and branch trunks were hugging her. Its large, leathery, dinner-plate-sized leaves made a perfect shade canopy for her that also helped conceal her and made it a great spot for dog-watching from across the garden. She settled in, turning her paws upwards and closing her eyes, slipping into a pristine, meditative state. And when she opened her eyes again, She was stunned to see that she was floating off the ground inside the banyan tree cave. And the sky was purple. In fact, nothing looked quite normal. She startled for a moment, wide-eyed and alert to everything. The big leaves of the tree were swaying, but there was no wind that she could feel on her fur. And the leaves were shiny and iridescent now reflecting silky rainbows like pools of oil. How strange, she mused out loud to herself. 
Isn't it lovely, though? A voice spoke out. Mom Slice looked all around but didn't see anyone. Then, Power Dog strode out into view from another part of the tree, but he was wearing a strange gauzy garment with a kind of cape. Power Dog? she said. And when he smiled at her, she realized it was not her son. (sighs) Who are you? Ah, yes. In this state, I look like your son, Power Dog. That is because he is very much my reincarnation. I am your ancestor and the first dog of many powers. My name is Lahi Kamihu. What? Who? Mom Slice was staring at the strange figure as he floated closer to her and matched her every move like an image in a mirror pond. You don't remember, do you, when we met here before? He asked. Mom Slice felt sadness about this and nodded, looking down at her paws and beginning to feel normal about floating. Where are we right now, to you? she asked. Ah, good question to ask, Yunala. We are in the timeless place, a plane of existence in which our spirits can communicate across any length of time or space. This sacred banyan tree is a spiritual portal to this place and you have to reach a deep meditative state to access it. I am so glad that you did. I am here to tell you something important about your son. I came through time before to tell you about your son, but those memories, they have been taken from you, he said. She suddenly felt rage build up inside her as the statement rang as true as any truth she'd ever heard. She knew without a doubt, but also without knowing how, that someone had indeed taken her memories of Miaui from her. She had no way of knowing how that could be, but it was. Yes, said Lahika Mihu. You have every right to be angry, but control your emotions until you find out not only how they did this, but why. The why is going to be more important. Do you need time now? To process this before I tell you what you need to know about Power Dog? Mom Slice readjusted her floating posture, shook her head, relaxed her jaw intentionally, rolled her shoulders back and said, No, tell me everything. Lahi Kamihu nodded and said, I need you and your son to defeat the volcano that destroyed my village. And together, you will. Meanwhile, Taffy, in the crystal cave, thought, what if I could reach out to Tuffy from here? She looked down at her floating body, which she was pretty sure was huge now, and she scrunched up her face, which resulted in another fun air somersault, which made her laugh a little. (laughs) She looked up quickly to see if the creatures heard her laugh, but she was pretty certain that she was invisible to eyes and ears. I don't know what happened, but I think I'm extra powerful now that I'm big and floating, she said out loud to no one. She scrunched up her face, made fists, and tightened all of her muscles and just started saying, Tuffy, 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 over and over again. 
When she unscrunched her face and opened her eyes, she was hurtling through space at flying speed. Oh, my dogs! She hollered, and then she entered a rainbow funnel cloud vortex. And next thing you know, she was back at the dog college on the moon above Lactopolis. What? She yelled as she tried to step onto the soft, lush grass in the central garden. But she could not, as she was still floating, just like in the crystal cave. Next, out of seemingly nowhere, Tuffy came bounding up. And then she looked down as a gigantic appendage seemed to come from her own body to protect her face and swatted Tuffy away like a wee doggerfly. What? She barked out in shock and anguish. No! It hurt her to see her brother get tossed like a doll. Tuffy! She yelled. Whatever this is, I want out. It was in this moment that she felt her connection to Tuffy again. But he was not here with her. He was somewhere very warm, and she could tell. She transmitted the thought, Where are you? And got back, It's hot here. She hollered out loud, I was in a crystal cave. Come find me, Tuffy. Right before she saw herself come bounding up and jump right on top of her, barking, You better explain yourself. And then everything went black. Back on Miaui, Mom Slice emerged from the banyan tree, her mind and purpose clearer than they had ever been. Then she heard an alarm sound and heard shouting from inside the great hall of the Order of the Phoenix. Dog wings pulled up right onto the grass, which was certainly not permitted, in a kind of open-air jeep-type vehicle with President Sandals, a large white sea dog with black spots all over, an otter-type sea dog, and a gray sea dog. Get in quick, he shouted. I'll explain on the way. Mom Sly saw Fennec scampering to and fro as Dogwings drove the jeep as fast as it would go out to the harbor. Condro was waiting in their small golden speedboat and beckoned them to join. The sea dog slid into the ocean as President Sandals, Dogwings, and Mom Slice hopped into Condro's boat. Where are the pups? She hollered. Oh, we're going to get them now, and you are not going to be happy with what they have done, shouted Dogwings, and they were off headed towards open sea and the volcano. That's all for today. Tune in next time to find out how the story will unfold. Now I'm joined by my six-year-old co-author for a dog joke and some banter. Hi, Hank. Hi. Hey, Hank. Do you want to visit a banyan tree with me someday? Yes. Me too. We don't really have any near us where we live in the Pacific Northwest. But I have seen a couple of amazing banyan trees. One time, I went and visited a gigantic banyan tree on an island called Maui. Does that sound familiar? Meowie. Mm-hmm. 
It was in a little town called Lahaina, and it was planted in 1872, and it is the largest in the United States. It looks like a forest, or like a little forest. But it's like a tree. It's all one tree. Isn't that cool? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, I also have a pretty funny dog joke for you today. Are you ready for it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, promise not to groan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you get when you cross a frog and a dog? What? A croaker spaniel. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I... Do you have a joke for me? Uh, yeah. Okay, tell me. Um, what happens if you cross a party and a cat? What? An in fight. <laughs> yep. In fight. Instead of invite. Invite. I know, that's in really fight. clever. And once again, listeners, thank you. We hope you will subscribe and join us next time to hear more of this story. Stick around as we close out this episode as we have a special treat for your ears, courtesy of the band Poor Lolo. The song is called Animals Should Live Forever, and I couldn't agree more. Thank you to Poor Lolo for putting our feelings into music that we can sing along with and dance to as well. We will post more information on our website and social media, and your grown-up can help you find more Poor Lolo tunes at poorlolo.com. If you liked what you heard, you can see more content at our website, PowerDogAdventures.com. There you can sign up for our infrequently emailed newsletter and also submit any good dog jokes or really any jokes. We'll also be forever grateful if you feel like telling your friends about the show. Special thanks to the inimitable Jason Rourke, who makes these stories sound extra good with his wise counsel, recording, sound design, and even original music. Additional thanks to our friends and family and community. Thank you as well to a group of wonderful experts and artists listed on our website for guiding us through this process to bring these adventures to you, dear listeners, to whom we give our deepest gratitude. This podcast is made possible in part by funding provided by the Regional Arts and Culture Council in Portland, Oregon. Thank you, Rack.
tiger in the house? 